What's up, everyone? This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and happy Wednesday. It's hump day, and I hope you've had a fantastic start to your week. Yeah, we're back looking at Luke chapter 4 today. And we have a guest speaker here. If you hear goos and gaws and gurgles, it's Quinn. You say hi, Quinn. No, you will speak. Crickets. Yeah, crickets. You'll speak up here soon. I know you will. (laughs) Uh, Today, we're looking at Luke chapter 4. And uh, this is a really helpful and also challenging passage. And one that recently read a book that changed my perspective as the way I I read it. Yeah, it was fun, actually. John Mark Comer, uh, a few months ago, came out with this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is actually a quote from Dallas Willard. But um, anyway, in reading the book, he kind of gives this fresh take on Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're reading that today. And so we wanted just to share that with you a little bit. And um, often... Maybe you've heard of um, Jesus going to the wilderness as kind of a place of weakness and, um, yeah, a place where you're kind of thinking, scratching your head, like, what's going on? Like, he's led, he's baptized, and then he's led um, into the wilderness by Holy Spirit. And so we're just going to go ahead and jump right in and, uh, yeah, just reflect on this a little bit and share kind of what we've learned from John Mark Comer and then also um, just give some examples, too, from uh, real life for Clark and I. So. <clears throat> because when you look at the word wilderness and desert, the word the words used and translated a lot of different ways. Eremos. Right. So that word Eremos, you probably in your mind's eye just picture a desert or a deserted place, but it can also mean a solitary place, a lonely place, a quiet place. Um, of course, it can mean wilderness, too. And so really... Um, that is kind of a hint too into that maybe this just isn't something that's um, that's restricted just to this ge- geographic area. Like maybe yeah. this is something for um, everyday life too, like our lonely place, our quiet place, our solitary yeah. and place. And like Bobby said earlier, I always assimilated this to um, bringing Jesus to a place of weakness. John Mark Comer in his book makes the opposite case. He says is actually a place of strength. Um <laughs> So you think, yeah, that's so like the devil to come at us when we're hungry, when we're tired. You know, he does this all the time. But if you look at at the full picture here, it's interesting that Jesus comes out and it seems that he's at the height of his spiritual powers. If you look at Luke 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And if you jump ahead and look at verse 14, when Jesus comes back from this experience, it said, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And so it sounds like silence, solitude, fasting, there's something else at play here. Right. It's almost as if Jesus knew, Holy Spirit knew when they went out to the wilderness that this is this is going to be a battle and we're going to go in our full capacity. And um, that's why we need fasting. That's why we need silence and solitude. That's why Jesus needed it. And so that's something to flesh out too, is that um, if Jesus Christ needed um, these spiritual disciplines like silence and solitude and fasting... We need those things. And so that's why you see actually this word Eremos all throughout the Gospels. When you when you look at Jesus' teaching and his ministry and, and how he and the disciples are moving, you know, to Capernaum and, and just all around, how literally you'll see this word um, Eremos and how it, it literally means that Jesus went away to that quiet place, to that lonely and, place. And it wasn't a one-time thing. It was, it was a way of life. Right. Jesus is doing this often. I love reading Mark's kind of biography of Jesus. And in Mark 1, Jesus heals Peter's mother, 
he exercises a demon out of somebody, and then Peter comes running up to him. He's like, Jesus, everyone's looking for you. Right. If it was today, it'd be hashtag Jesus is trending. Yeah, He'd right. be on the news. Like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. Jesus is like, yo, I got to get out of here. I, I got to go to Eremos. I need to go to the quiet place, mm-hmm. the, the desolate mm-hmm. place, the mm-hmm. lonely place, the solitary place. I need to go to the wilderness. And, and I mean, if I was Peter, I would scratch my head too and be like, what? Right. I thought you were supposed to come and usher in your kingdom here. But Jesus is showing us, he's modeling a rhythm and a way of life that we also need to follow. So, right. Bob, you want to talk about like the external silence, internal silence? Right. So that's one thing that's, um, it's kind of difficult to differentiate or easy to differentiate, difficult to do. And so one of the things, um, just with the life that we live today, uh, we have cell phones and we have tons of external noise in our lives. And we're um, we're so available and accessible. And well, what's going on in Twitter? What's going on in Instagram? Social media? All those platforms. And so um, one of the things that take into account literally for silence is there's this external silence that we need to, we need to just turn off things. We literally, I, I want you to just pause for a minute. You're probably listening to this on your phone. So awesome. That's awesome. When was the last time you shut off your phone? Um, when was the last time you shut down your email? When was the last time you spent quiet time before that? Um, so that's kind of this external silence and how that's kind of easy to understand. And then John Mark Comer actually breaks down this internal silence and he says that's that's just like a whole nother beast, like whole nother animal that we just really don't know what to do with ourselves sometimes. Like um, people learning to sit in quiet and to literally... Um, to quiet their inner being themselves, those mental cues and thoughts and um, just patterns that are racing in your mind, how that kind of um, that kind of internal silence is so difficult. But that is where you learn to hear God speak. Like that's where you actually, okay, let me discipline myself. Let me remember what I'm reading in the Bible. Let me ask difficult questions. Let me see why I'm so uncomfortable sitting in here. And so there's that external um, that you guys all know about. And then that internal silence too, that, that really is being presented to us when we, when we see Jesus going into this airmos, airmos, um, airmos place, the silence, the solitude, the lonely place. And so on one hand, it seems that the reason why we avoid this is because shutting down our phone is hard, but we're also stuck with ourself. Like you just said, right. that, that can be terrifying. Another reason that <laughs> might be difficult is that we're busy. And we stumbled across this quote in John Mark Comer's book, but also John Ortberg uses it. And they actually don't ever cite anybody, so I'm not sure who created this quote, but it's very interesting. It says, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Right. So if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Just keep going, keep going, keep going. And and for us, for Christians, sometimes you're even doing quote-unquote good things. But you see Jesus constantly hitting stop, hitting pause, Mm-hmm. Say, I need to go be quiet. I need to right. go be alone. And spiritually and physically, there's a ton of benefits to fasting and right. to silence and to solitude. Right. I remember a couple of years ago, we read this article that was talking about how if you want to defeat your addiction to porn, uh, the greatest thing you can do, and there's a ton of helpful apps and software out there, the greatest thing you can do is learn the spiritual discipline of fasting mm. because you're going to learn self-control. Right. And so um, in that article, it was very thought-provoking, and self-control is really difficult. Um, 
fasting teaches us that because we all need food. We want food. Right. So if you can deprive your body of food and turn yourself back to the Lord, well, then you can do that not just with your tummy, but with these thoughts and emotions and urges too. And so it's interesting how literally the Bible is showing us again over and over like this truth that we know that I actually have the best way of life for you. Mm-hmm. Like this pattern actually is not to to hurt you or to make you feel like you're in a cage or to make you like, oh, this is so challenging, but this is actually for your benefit. It's literally yeah. better for your blood sugar. It's literally better for your cholesterol and your blood pressure when we actually like meditate and pray and spend quiet time with the Lord. There's tons of research that you can look up that, that literally quiet time and it putting your breast in- inflammation, right? Right. Brain function, neurodegenerative disorders is there's new research coming out regarding that and fasting. So it looks like God really cares about our spirit first and foremost, but he also cares about our body. And so I guess the question we would ask ourselves and we'd ask you today is at, you read about Jesus kicking off his ministry and Fasting not leading to you being weak, but actual, uh, actually leading you to a place of spiritual strength yeah. where humility rises and our, our physical dependence upon ourself <laughs> crashes real quick. And you're yeah. like, God, I really need your help right here. I can't do this by myself. So like Bobby mentioned earlier, when's the last time you shut it all down? I mean, even for an hour. Shut your right, phone off, right. turn the TV off rode in the car in silence, like no podcast, no sermons, no music. And it's hard. Right. And then fasting on top of that. Mm-hmm. That's difficult. That's one of the things too that um Okay. <laughs> Quinn agrees. She agrees. That's difficult. Um that's one of those things too though when you see it all throughout the Bible, you realize that it's a rhythm, you realize that it's happening, but we're we're so busy and we're so caught up and we have well I'm a young mom and well I'm working and we have overtime and there's all of these things that are always going on and that's so Clark said to me this actually the other day and it's just hitting home as I'm talking to you guys. He said the hardest part sometimes is just starting. The hardest part is is just starting. And so what like Clark said an hour um Try today. Try today shutting it down, maybe quieting the external, um, doing the external silence. Catch you off, but no, even go. if it's not for an hour, but right. tw- 20 minutes, yeah. just start somewhere where you can succeed mm-hmm. because clearly this was really important to Jesus. Right. He implemented this into his rhythm of life, his, his daily rhythms, his weekly rhythms. And if Jesus needs that, I'm, I'm really wrestling with myself and who am I to yeah. think, you know, I need to go do these spiritual things for the church and for God's kingdom. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are all important and good, but... I also need to carve out time just to be alone and to listen, uh, to fast from food and water if you can, and uh, just let the Holy Spirit do his work. Mm, Yeah, and I think, I really think you're going to experience God in new, fresh ways. I really do. And Mm -hmm. so that's one thing, just reading through Luke 4, maybe you read that for yourself and kind of maybe use a little bit of the lens that we've given you today, that John Mark Comer has given you today, um, as you read through Luke 4 and just look through that and see that this is actually a great gift. This is a, this is a strength that we're seeing. This actually isn't a weakness because guess what? When the devil comes to Jesus in Luke chapter for he totally kicks his butt and so yeah, it's it, is written, it is written yes. it is written so in this there's a great dependence then on the word of god uh, on the living word being jesus and the, the spirit leading us and guide us but also the written word jesus rips out the sword of the spirit it's written it's right. written it's written right so maybe we're trying to encourage folks to read it write it pray it share it and maybe you read your chapter in the morning and you dedicate five to ten minutes to silence you're just going to be quiet and yeah. sit in it and, and just let whatever the spirit wants to lift. 
out of the scripture, let him lift that. And and you go from there. Right. It's not, I think that's another thing too that we just want to say is that it doesn't have to be this like mystical, weird thing. It's actually, um, it's actually pretty normal and easy and quiet. And so tough to start, but just such an importance as you read throughout all over the Bible, you read Jesus doing this and we see, wow, we need to do this. And so Mm -hmm. that's an encouragement and kind of what we got from Luke chapter four today. Yep. God bless you. And we'll be back on Friday. Have a great week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. Have a great day.